In this episode, we get to speak with Chief Experience Officer at BM Interactive Group and the founding partner of UX Dev Summit, Ignacio Garcia. Giving back naturally and Frederick unplugs again. Welcome to Thunder Nerds, I'm Brian And I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss, and thank you for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what we do. And do tech good. good. Hey, and speaking of tech good, everyone, we are sponsored by Pantheon. They are helping us doing tech good this whole season, so thank you, Pantheon. If you're not aware of the platform, Pantheon supplies services for WordPress or Drupal. They have a dev, test, and live environment, so you could easily test all your stuff out before you push it up to that live environment. You could use SFTP, Git, whatever you want. It's a super great service. I've been using it for, uh, I don't know, like five to 27 years. I really enjoy it, so go to pantheon.io and check it out. Yeah, and that's the great thing about the Pantheon is because you're actually using it and you can be like, hey, yeah, it does, you know, it does work. It's oh awesome. my God, yeah. I use it every day. I, I, I wouldn't use anything else. I really enjoy Pantheon. And don't you have like a staging and dev and everything all that set up too? Yeah, yeah, it's great. So I could just push everything to my dev account and test it out, get with my developers, try some things, and then bring that to my stakeholders and say, hey, what do you think of this? This is what we're thinking about before we even push it to a, a test site to test out the code. So yeah, it's great. Super cool. And they have Sundays. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, every episode. <laughs> let's skip that part. But okay. hey, Bob, yeah, we're going to be where, Brian? We're, it's coming up. Front End Design Conference, April 25th, 26th at the Palladium Theater in St. Pete, Florida. We're going to be live broadcasting again. And uh, we might be doing something pretty awesome where we're actually giving a talk. Well, no, Mike, we are definitely yeah, giving a talk. Maybe. We're giving a lightning talk there. Maybe. maybe. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I'm coming for a talk. I'm ready. I'm coming for this up. We're talking. Yeah, it's uh, about starting a podcast, and Frederick is actually going to rap. Live rap. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah so good. if you want to be there, I'll sign autographs and everything. And, and I'll give hugs. I'll give hugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll give hugs, too. I love giving hugs. Well, hey, with, with all that said, everybody, and without any further ado, why don't we get to our guest? We have a very special guest. We have Chief Experience Officer at BM Interactive Group and founding partner of UX Dev Summit, Ignacio Garcia. Welcome to the show, Ignacio. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on. It's been a long time since we spoke last, which I believe was at the UX Summit maybe two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, no, just last year. It's been just... Just, just, just last year? Yeah, just last year. Yeah. And uh, oh, a lot of time, man. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it's flying lately. I mean, but yeah. it's also, it's not that long ago, but there's so much stuff that's happened in between. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. we've all been crazy busy, and I'm, and I'm sure you have too. Ignacio, um, you know, for our uh, the people that don't 
I don't don't know you yet. Let's let's go ahead and uh, build up some context before we jump into all of our topics. So where where exactly are you joining us from? Uh, right now, I'm joining you from Miami, Florida. Ah, yeah, the beautiful yeah. Miami. What what's uh -huh. what's that background you got going on? This is a this is a Brickle Brickle, Florida is the financial district of Miami. Um, so actually, I think they were shooting Bad Boys Three uh, not too long ago. Oh, really? here. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Did you go by Will Smith and do like a photo bomb? <laughs> I wish that'd be awesome. <laughs> do, do you go to the uh, Art Basel every year? Uh, I do not. I do not. But I should. I definitely should. Brian, so maybe you should get some not. context for people that don't know what that is. Oh, it's uh, basically a giant like art event with designer artists, uh, design designers actually. Um, they, I think they'd even do some live murals. There's music. There's all sorts of entertainment. It's a whole, like, it's an amazing. I, I have not um, gotten to go because every year Rachel's like, I'm going to take a girl trip and go down there. And I, I'm like, no, I can't go again this year. <laughs> so, yeah, I really want to go. And uh, there's beautiful murals there, too. She always sends me pictures. I'm like, oh, that looks good, too. Yeah. Maybe me and you will take a guy's trip. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, hey, Ignacio, why don't we jump into a little bit of um, what you're doing? So uh, you are a chief experience officer at BM Interactive Group. Let's, let's jump into BM Interactive Group. What's that about? So uh, BM Interactive Group is, uh, is kind of like a, a spinoff of, um, you know, a consultancy group that, that focuses on product design, um, product management, and uh, product strategy. So, you know, we're just, we just focusing on, on what we do best, and that is uh, making products, designing and creating experiences uh, from concept to completion. So yeah, pretty excited about that. Um, we recently, uh, we also actually do a corporate training and UX workshops as well. Uh, so we just completed our uh, first uh, UX workshop on uh, processes, UX and dev processes decoded. So how uh, processes impact um, you know, the experiences and the internal mechanics of companies, how they work together to maintain that experience of throughout the product lifecycle. How did you get started with these workshops? So what was the inspiration? Were you the one that initiated this or who, uh, who came up with the idea to do these workshops and how does that benefit the company? Is it more getting uh, community exposure, getting the word out? Uh, yeah, all the above. Um, you know, just recently, you know, we had clients come up and, and uh, asking, you know, uh, can we do this? Can we do that? And, um, you know, it started being like a, rep like a repetitive um, request. And um, also just the need in the community about, you know, talking, having good uh, education um, that's close, that they don't have to travel outside, um, you know, to like maybe California or whatnot. But have good training and talking about, you know, getting to the, getting to the whys and the hows and the pain points and addressing those, um, and coming up with uh, good solutions for in an educational format. Uh, but it's been quite successful. Um, it also serves as like a marketing tool for us. But we definitely like to give back. Um, we like to provide quality, and you know, we like to think it's affordable workshops uh, for the professional and for companies as well. Do you mind if I ask you, since you brought up the point of affordable, like what that costs? Is that something you could discuss? 
Sure. So um, we have workshops that are ranged from um, half day, you know, $99 to full day, uh, you know, $399 to, um, you know, workshops. And um, yeah, so, you know, depending on, on um, that's if you attend our classes, you know, but we also tailor uh, define more, more defined experiences if we have to come on site. But um, I think it's a small price to pay. It's a, I think it's it's a good middle range and for the quality that you get. And um, versus like if you go to, you know, on the other side of the world or out out of the state, you know, from Florida, you're paying airfare, hotel, you know, food expenses, and you know it adds up. So um, you know, right now in South Florida community, I feel like there's a need, um, especially for having good quality education in in our field. Yeah, agreed. And and I, I think you brought up an interesting point too. Sorry, Brian. I just wanted to ask this last thing is that you, you said it's not just for designers. It's also for clients, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, Paul Boag had this book a long time ago that he put out called uh, Website Owner's Manual. And I think it'd be, it's great to have something like that too for the client as far as the UX side, like a uh, you know, understanding UX for the client. So something like that really helps them understand why maybe some of these decisions are being made in the business realm. Yeah, definitely. And um, I feel like, you know, I think our careers and experience and like our industry has grown so much that, um, you know, it's no longer like the, the maintaining the user experience or creating the user experience is a company-wide effort. You know, you can see how that's reflected in the product at the end of the day. And, um, a lot of times you have clients that they know they want something, they know they need it, they just don't know how to label it. Uh, but once they see it or they hear about it and then they get their feet wet, they just get hooked and they become instant advocates, you know, for it. Um, yeah. And uh, what's awesome too, I just, before we, we get too far down the path of, of this is yeah, your, your training classes are all over the, all over the place. It looks like too, West Palm beach, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, mm -hmm. uh, Puerto Rico too. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, do you, how did you decide uh, those specific loca locations just out of uh, curiosity? You know, I, I, Puerto Rico has always had a, a fondness, uh, always been, it's had a soft spot, you know, for the island and uh, the people there. And um, after Hurricane Maria, you know, they really did struggle. There, there was a big impact. And, and um, interesting enough, um, the tech and the tech, industry there it's, it's it's growing a lot of people from uh, the states have moved down there a lot of blockchain developers um and i feel like tech is going to help the the, uh, the island out like you know the territory the, the country um to get ahead and uh, be competitive and it's amazing there's so much talent that it, for me that i feel like it's untouched and i just wanted to you know kind of go there and give back um educate and, and show them the world of of you know how do we create products and digital products what what is ux and um how do we you know for developers you know how do we talk about ux in terms that developers understand right and they get and how can they apply it and um the feedback was just amazing and it was it was you know we had fun um and the people are amazing as well so it was we just tried it out and, um, you know, it's kind of like a missionary kind of style to help out, but also to to help check out that the industry there. So it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love, I visited there. Uh, luckily, uh, before the hurricane, sadly, uh, what happened, it was really just horrible. But the people there, I mean, I met some 
met some great people. I was there and stay connected with them. Actually, uh, it's it's amazing the their their the spirit there and just the the drive of a lot of people. Yeah, uh, you know, the, picking themselves up. Uh, there was a place called Pinkies I went to, uh, a little like kind of really tiny little sandwich shop that it was flooded. I saw pictures over the door and like a couple weeks later they're open again. I mean, that's just, a, you know, that, that right there just shows they just want to, you know, pick themselves up. Dust themselves yeah. Up. And, and everybody, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the people I ran into, but everybody was super nice and they were friendly yes. and having very like outgoing and, and friendly personality. Uh, it was just fun all around. The food was great too. The food was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I got I got to get a home cooked meal. I went uh, I got a uh, went hiking and went went through some cave systems. It was like a, a local like it was like a mom and papa tour type thing. Um, and the, his wife cooked us the uh, lunch, and the, their family joined us and everything. The little girls and were like <laughs> staying with us. It was just so great. It was awesome. The, like, the best, so that was awesome. the best meal I had there was that. So a little bit of spelunking and then some uh, some home cooked meal. Yeah, that's <laughs> Oh, dude, you had the best vacay. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, do you uh, you don't have anything? It looks like in nor in northern Florida. Are you guys uh, pursuing anything up in Tallahassee or or uh, in Jacksonville area? Not yet. Um, I, I've been I've been following the Jacksonville market and and you know seeing how that how that's turning and there I can also see that it's growing a lot. Um, but. We want we want to start small, like you know, like you know. I, I've been in Central Florida. I lived in Central Florida for like six years, so I kind of know the area, familiar with it. But I just want to see how how receptive our workshops and our training programs are, and um, you know, and then continue growing from there. And, and what do you uh, what do you exactly focus on? I mean, it's uh, I know. Uh, we're going to talk about the summit later, but what do you focus on in these talks? Is it more on getting devs into UX? I mean, I know there's a lot of talk of UX decoded for developers, UX dev processes. So is that the the crux of it? Is right. So so um, I I feel like uh, there's already a lot of educational material out there that you know on UX and 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 also development, um, but I still find that. Uh, working with developers, they still have like a stigma on UX, and but they really want to learn UX and how do you apply it to their day to day. Um, I have an opinion and a philosophy that, you know, when you code with UX in mind, your code is richer. And when you code with UX in mind, um, you bridge that gap, you help further bridge that gap between design and technology. The output in my experience has been so much richer um, and the process has been so much smoother when Everyone is thinking about the user and being uh, user-centric, um, and that, that's, that's even down to developers. And I, I think that's they're also starting to realize that. But I think sometimes, like thinking UX, there's a stigma that it's design. It's always design, and they might get a little bit turned off or intimidated by having to sketch or, or whatnot. But that's why we have this workshop where we decode it and we make it where, it, in terms that they can understand and apply immediately. As far as the processes are concerned. Interesting enough, um, my biggest design projects lately have been internal processes, so designing processes that help companies rapidly execute um, their, their products, their designs. So they have talent, they have an immense teams, teams have a lot of great talent, designers, developers, um, they got project managers and business analysts, QA engineers, 
but it seems like they, they, they still struggle how to keep that synergy going. How do, how do you align these processes where you don't lose the experience? You don't lose that, that transition through the product life cycle. And, and lately that's been, um, you know, the biggest, uh, actually there was like actually a strong selling point that workshop in Puerto Rico that sold out and, uh, and they were all asking like how, so my, my goal is not to get so theoretical, but to get more into the technical, give them the, the answers and the processes and, and the solutions that they are looking for so that, so that they can immediately apply in their day-to-day -day practice. Oh, yeah. That, the that's, Give me the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important to uh, the old uh, teach a man to fish kind of thing, right? Yeah. 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 It makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, one of the things I really would like to talk about is you have a title that I think is coveted. One of the things that a lot of people, are, are interested in pursuing and, and look as like, a, oh, you know, I, I would like to have more of a voice at the table and becoming a C-level really uh, helps provide that, right? So your chief experience officer, do you mind if we kind of dive into what that is and what that is for you specifically and kind of what your day-to-day -day looks like? Sure. So um, my day to day is is somewhat of a of a product owner, but also an advocate for the UX for the experience as a the, as a whole from the ecosystem. So I look at it from you know how does the business goals and decisions impact the overall business strategy, and also not only the business strategy but the product strategy as well. Yeah. And and how does that you know. How does that impact the design, the the output, the experience, um, the whole, I guess, end to end cycle? So when we're having meetings about, um, you know, what what we want to do in the, the next three months, you know, or with these ideas, I bring to the table what that impact is from an experience perspective, and kind of put that ROI to it, or that, um, you know, whether it be a positive or negative impact on it, or what the outcome would, would be if we don't do X Y Z. You know, and if we're going to do X, Y, Z, maybe we should do, you know, this process or this, this, you know, maybe these things that we need to do in order to maintain that experience and not lose it. So a lot of it is kind of summarizing and possibly boiling down those business solutions to the ROI and projection of where we're going to be where we're going to be in X amount of time, right? Is is that what I'm getting from that? Right, more of the strategic side of it, of things and the impact yeah. overall. So do you have any um, additional day-to-day -day as like a, in, in some aspects as a as an individual contributor as well? Do, are you still touching things, if you will? Like, are you still in there, like uh, crafting some of the experiences or is it more of a, um, a managerial kind of role? It's mainly a managerial kind of role, but depending on the project and need, um, I definitely don't. I, I, I definitely don't mind rolling up my sleeves and diving in and helping out where I can. Um, so I, I, I try to lead by example, and um, you know, and it's not like my ego is. It's I, I really care about the product. I care about making good quality digital products and whatever it takes to get it out the door. You know, and what is it that we need to do? What are the problems? What are the solutions? Let's talk about solutions. Let's talk about problem solving, right? And um, and let's let's put the team together and 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 you know put everyone in line and let's get it done. 
So, so uh, I'm I'm always curious. Uh, why? I mean, there's an obvious answer to this. Why do you care so much about about the users? Um, like me, for instance, just just as point of reference, like what led you down this path is what I'm getting at. Like me, I've always had the interest of helping people. That's why I worked in healthcare. I've always been wanting to like make things better for people. Uh, I find that designers tend to have a, a something inside themselves that make them want to do this. What what would you say is that in you? Oh man, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, I actually am a, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm gonna get a little personal on you guys, but um, I'm actually a cancer survivor, two-time cancer survivor. So I always, I, I, I think I apply like the, my resilience and my strength in that, but also my, my, you know, I empathize a lot with people. And, and I think it's because of those experiences that I have is what I do to apply myself where, what can I do to better improve their lives? And especially if they're going to, if I'm working on a product, let's say in healthcare, you know, like I know the healthcare system pretty much in and out, like as a patient. So mm -hmm. I can, I can help companies, you know, when they're doing interfaces of that client, you know, that client process of when they're starting, when they get to the, the ER, you know, and, and you know, what that, what are they going through? What are the, and like to help them, you know, anything that we could do to help them, get through that faster, I think adds to their experiences and improves their, their overall impact of what they're already going through, especially, you know, that's like a medical scenario. But if you're like, I've also seen how products that don't have a good experience and, um, or, you know, where they create, like people remember um, when the impact when you have like a bad experience or how you make them feel like it really, really, they really remember that. And like, you know, I, I know a few companies, I don't want to say the names, but I still, <laughs> like for one particular, I switched just because of how they made me feel the impact that I never went back, you know, but I mean, that's a very like superficial level of looking at it, but I always try to, I like giving back naturally. Um, I've always like, you know, I've earned my merits and there's been people along the way that have helped me and throughout my career. But I've always been someone that if I see someone down, I'm always going to like extend my hand and help them get back up, you know. And if I could do something, and I have the ability to do it, I will try to do that. And I try to apply that to my design principles and concepts as well. So maybe that's my passion, and I think that's where my passion um, goes through, like through my work. You can just see it, you know. So. Um, wow, I love that line, giving back naturally. Uh, that that's. <laughs> That's, that's so, I don't know. That maybe makes me pause. Well, me, it's, it's, it's yeah. so honest because yeah. that's a, that's, that's a natural human emotion giving back naturally. It's not something that's kind of like a preconceived thing that has a, a agenda. It's, it's when, when these brands, companies, people, what have you provide you opportunities to, organically give back right and yeah that that, that that that's where it's at exactly yeah it's like the what you mentioned about reaching your hand out you've always been someone to to reach your hand out and uh you probably op open doors for people too things like that yeah so, absolutely yeah and healthcare oh god healthcare uh the interfaces for everything from the ordering systems to billing to reading the uh someone's heart rhythm is are just horrifically horrible and uh 
I wish there was more more change in that in that area. Did you have an interest? Uh, uh, like, I think your company kind of works with all sectors. Do you try and look around and be like, "Hey, there's a healthcare company that needs software." Uh, do you try and pursue that those sort of jobs? I guess if you can. You know, I, um, that's not a bad idea. I haven't really thought about it that way, but um, maybe that might be something I might explore in the future because I definitely have a lot of experience and interest in that. You know, but, you know, I, I, I really, you know, what I like about changing the industries is that you you have different kinds of projects and you 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 get to, I guess, toy around with different technologies and have different kind of solutions and problems that you need to solve. Um, so it's always interesting, you know, one one way or another. Um, so but that's a good question. Yeah. yeah, that could definitely go a few different ways. I, I totally see the value in that. You know, Ignacio, I think we should probably jump into our main subject now, which is yeah. the uh, UX Dev Summit, which is where we, we met you in the first place. You mind Absolutely. if we start jumping into that about what it is, it's where cool. you and your uh, you, you and your buddy got an idea. I, I believe this this happened over a few pints of uh, Guinness or whatnot. We'll, we'll jump into that too. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you explain. Yeah, it's always over a couple beers. Everything starts with a couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like UX Dev Summit, um, really, uh, with my partner, Michael Vargas, um, you know, it, it all brewed about, uh, you know, I was a traditional designer at that time, and he was a traditional developer. And we were like, you know, what material design had just come out? And we're like, you know, what is this thing that they call material design? Why don't we, like, make an app and try to, like, muster this thing together and, and let's just play around with it and see how it works. Uh, long story short, we were, we were realizing that, you know, the way we were working was really outdated and we really needed to communicate and to each other. And um, the way that we communicated and the process that we actually came up with was like, you know, we should really talk about this, you know, and um, there at that time, South Florida, you know, the, the UX community, um, you know, was not as strong as it is today. But um, but we're like, you know, I think there's something there. I think, you know, we need to communicate how how UX designers and developers can work together um, and talk about, you know, how do how can they work together to create to to get solutions done, I guess. And then that's where the knee came up and, and the event started. And, um, you know, it's I think we're in our fourth year now. And um, this year uh, we pushed back the date to December. Um, December of 2019. Uh, so we just kind of want to do something really different this year, and uh, we have some things in the works uh, for that. But yeah, that's all pretty much in a nutshell how I got started. I love that. And do you feel like the essence of that is still carrying on through till today as well and, and moving forward? What do you mean? The essence like of the essence of the, the idea. original beer. <laughs> ah, the original beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original beer, if you want to use that analogy. But yeah, it's just. I do you, do you I still the beer. Gotcha, yeah, so, the beer. Great, yeah. Do you still taste the beer? Does the beer still taste <laughs> as good? And are you still sharing those beers with everyone? Yeah, I think I think um, the concept of the the conference the first year. Uh, it was kind of like what we were looking for. And, and but I think along the way, um, you know, we just I think we're focused more on trying to grow and grow fast than trying to and I think we lost a little side of touch of, of why we started in the first place, like our content. 
Um, so this year, um, well, not to mention that, like, since when we started between then and now, like, there, I think there's, like, over 50 UX conferences in just in the U.S. alone, and then not to mention, like, the international events. So, um, and each event, you know, is talking about their own thing. So this year, um, we're actually going to be curating our own content and looking for speakers that are willing to talk about the topics that we have put together, that, that it's kind of like, yeah, so like topics that we put together to communicate more about our essence as a brand, but also the message that we want to communicate across. So the workshops and the, and the talks are going to be both from the user experience perspective and the development perspective and how they work together, no matter the topic. So two perspectives, one topic, two perspectives, and um, and yeah, just one one full day event. Not to uh, put you on the spot, but do you have uh, an example, one example of like what you were, would think as a curated talk that you'd like to have? Sure, requirements. Let's talk about that. We can do talk about requirements, right? So um, you know, how does that work? You know, and and how do we put that together? Is it designer's responsibility? Is it the BA's responsibility? Well, let's say your BA or, or the business puts it together. You know, do you include developers? Do you not include developers? Why should you? Why should you not? How does that process work? You know, what are the impacts um, from the design perspective too? You know, I mean, something simple as that. I mean, I'm just throwing something off the top of my head. We're still working on the content yeah. and the schedule, but those are kind of the things that you know, we're, we're talking about, or, or even like when you're, you know, you know, you're in the design phase, you know, how do we address these things? And, and those are kind of like the topics that we want to talk about. So yeah, more, I kind of, I, oh, good. Sorry, Fred. I kind of feel like it would be easier for someone that maybe does the speaking circuit to have topics presented to them that they could just go in and go, you want to talk about this? Great. I don't even need to write anything. I could just come in and start talking. Right. You know, I could I could easily provide a few slides, but I know everything there is about X, Y, and Z. So this is easy. I could come up with some slides in like an hour. Let's go. <laughs> you know. I, so I think you're you, with this. You're not kind of um, you're not getting the same things that people could hear all over the country um, or the world what have you, but you're getting these very specific things. And I'm, I'm really excited to see when you launch what these talks are going to be. I Thank think you. that's going to pull in a lot of people. It's a great idea. And I, and I love the theme. Do you think that you, you kind of touched on the uh, importance and the in inclusivity of development as well? And I think a lot of people talk about how uh, I think I'll, I'll even cite Brad Frost. I'll, I was just listening to him on a podcast the other day, how he talks about, you know, we need to have developers in the process at the beginning of design and we need to have designers at the end of the process with developers and things like that. Like, are you going to touch on some of that? And are you also going to have developers at the conference as well? Yeah. The, the, the goal would be to have everyone that's part of a product team to be there, you know? Love uh, that. So, you know, and our UX and Dev Processes workshop talks about, we, we actually talk about exactly what um, Brad Frost has pointed out, the need to have developers at the table from the very beginning. And we've actually, um, with Michael, um, we've actually created a process that has, has been our, you know, we've, we've applied it to many projects and helped many companies with it. And, and you know, that's what, that's what that workshop is about. Like, it's about 
what the UX and the processes are, how they work together. But let's dive into the salute, like the storyline. Like what is, how do you start from the beginning? Who's part of that team? How do you get to the end? You know, who's part of that team and that whole journey. So, and that concept is going to be applied to the, to the conference as well. So we'll talk about the mechanics, the processes, the technical, the design, you know, the whole, I guess, product journey per, per se. So in one full day, you'll have a journey from start to finish from both UX and design perspectives, like UX and dev perspectives, sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's something that, it, it, it's weird. It seems like as you're talking, as, as we, we've talked about, Frederick and I have talked about things like this in the past, it all, it all seems so logical and makes sense. Of course, devs should be in from the very beginning because then they can tell the, uh, you know, the business owner or the, the stakeholders, well, this is going to take eight months or a year or two years to build this if we do this, but we could do this possibly and still accomplish what you want and design should be there because then they could be like well we want to make sure this experience is this way and it just seems so logical but it's uh, it's it's good that this sort of information gets out there and gets spoken because people don't think logically people act with emotions people act with um you know ego and instead of uh thinking through the process and working through a process these sorts of things are you know and it's, needed. And I, I love yeah. that you said yeah. this, this i love that you said this word ego yeah and it's it's amazing how the divas and devos <laughs> of our industry like yeah. it's, are, they, they have such an impact and not a positive way um and you know when when I've, we've worked with teams where the ego was returned out after all our like you know troubleshooting what's the problem what's going on and it turns out that the, it's an emotion an, an ego an attitude that's impacting the delivery of this product right and yeah. the morale of the team right and no one's really thinking about these soft skills like how important is having a good morale in your team or that culture and, and how that impacts your creativity, your productivity, your design, right? And vice versa with the ego, like no one wants to work with, with, you know, with someone that you can't, I mean, it's hard to work with someone, but when you remove the ego from the equation, it's incredible how everyone falls in line. Uh, Jason, Ogle, Jason Ogle always says, uh, what is it? Your ego is not your amigo. And, it, 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 <laughs> and, it, and it's yeah. so true, shout out to Jason, but it's so true. I mean, we don't have on, design sprints, things like, you know, uh, in two weeks, make sure everyone gets along, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 did everyone get along? Did that successfully happen? But you know, that could be a user story, but it, we, we, we got, we, <laughs> level of effort for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, because, because a lot of times we have these things where it's, um, it stems from friction with scheduling and scope you know we have to get this done uh jerry can't make it this week sarah oh, jerry, and please. ed just are having a, a thing and you know it's up to tom and larry to come together and try to get it done within two weeks but you know in the in the user story did did these two people get together that that might not be there but yeah it's it's amazing how we don't really think so much about emotion. We we say these things over and over again. Obviously, yeah. we're talking about it. People listening have heard it. We're probably preaching to the choir, but it's it's about acting on it and really coming up with some kind of concrete plan to 
really make sure that we hold these things accountable. Yeah. Yeah, I th- and I think the concrete plan is communication, like you like you're saying, and getting everyone involved because the C- the CEO or uh, you know, the product owner or the business sponsor, whatever their term their name is, if you give them even everyone has an, a a valid opinion or a valid uh, insight that you know may or may not contribute, but in some form or the other it does, and if you you may ensure that they feel that they did have a voice then the ego no longer matters. The emotion can go away because everyone felt like what they said and did and contributed better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just had a guest on the other day uh, where she was saying how people were coming up to her in a meeting and saying that because um, they oh, they just yeah. really wanted to, yeah, remember? Uh, they were like, uh, you know, they, they just really want to say something in the meeting room to look smart in front of their peers of, you know, I also have an opinion, I have an opinion. And what she said was <laughs> later on, she would would take those things, go back and say, they were like, oh, we wanna move the logo over here and change it to green. Obviously I'm just making up a scenario. And she would not do any of that stuff, but she would move something like to one pixel and say, hey, thank you so much for the changes, really appreciate it. Here's what the feedback looks like. And they would go, that looks great. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's about two thinking about how much weight these kind of micro conversations actually hold. Do they, do they not? Obviously, you know, for the most part they do, but sometimes they might not. Sometimes it might be about that pure visceral emotional fear or lack of um, confidence in someone else where they have that, uh, I, I'm going to get my word in no matter what. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it's interesting that, you know, we have designers that are supposed to, are supposed to be designing for the user and having that empathy, you know, and, but yet yeah. there's no empathy whatsoever for when you're working or talking to your teammates and or maybe there is very little or it's or we're not even like looking so the way i look at it is you also have to design for your team internally you know and apply that concept to how you interact with different teams because i've also met i can like this is i've had my rough my rough ups and downs as well you know i've had my falls um but they're learning experience too but i've learned throughout my career i can tell when there's someone who's not confident in themselves, but they have that position that everyone is looking up to them for an answer, but yet they're too intimidated or maybe not confident in themselves to um, speak up or even say, hey, I don't know, you know, or can you explain more, right? And I've learned that, you know, there's, there's, there's moments in meetings where you just don't probe, you just let that meeting finish circle around, you know, on, on the DL, you know, and then talk to them with the pressures off. And then you'll have a different total, you have a totally different response than what you would have gotten them during the meeting. But what is it? It's a praise in public and uh, everything else in private, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to treat your team members the way that, you know, you want to be treated, the golden rule, right? Treat mm-hmm. others. You, you have to think about the project, but you also have to think about make sure that everyone gets their say, whether that's the salespeople or the development team in every part of that, what you're doing too. If you want to get their buy-in, you know, you could go to the, 
you could go to the developer and say, hey, Jeff, is this even realistic what I'm doing? What do you think? Are you going to be able to build this, Jeff? And Jeff might go, no, dude, that's that's impossible. Or he might go, you know what? I like that. Here's a few points that I would like to change in that. And now right. you and Jeff have this alignment and they're excited. About yeah, absolutely. Uh -oh. Did... Oh, I think I lost the... Frederick die? Yeah. Oh, I hope that didn't mean the stream died. <laughs> but but uh, completely unrelated to what we're talking about, uh, hopefully he comes back. If he doesn't, we may have a problem after we start. Uh, we'll split it up. But uh, the background, yeah, he said he's dead, question mark. But the if the audio listeners are happening, can still hear this. <laughs> the background behind you, uh, it's been amazing watching the sunset behind you. And now it's dark. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Um, so UX Dev Summit, that's what we're talking about. Um, when when it, you said this this fall in Fort Lauderdale, are you doing it at the same location again this year? Uh, we're not sure. We're not sure yet, but it'll be probably December uh, 5th, December 5th, and oh, around December. Yeah, the first week of December. Guaranteeing December 5th. I'm not guaranteed. It's not the first week of December for sure, but we want that weather. Like, yeah, when you come to Miami or South Florida, you need to come after Thanksgiving. Like, you know, December yes. to March, amazing weather here. Like, it's just lovely. So, like, yeah. So we want not only do we want everyone to come down and visit us, but enjoy the enjoy the weather, enjoy the culture. You know, so it'll be fun. Yeah, it's not until December before Florida gets livable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right and like the rest of the country is like covered in snow you know so why wouldn't you come and like, yeah, you know, exactly. get some rays you know and, and enjoy some some talks yeah exactly so what are the numbers looking like uh, uh how much has it grown over the years uh we've been actually steady uh we've been steady at our, at our number rate uh so we, we started at like 150 and then we've been averaging about 200 um, wow. each year yeah that, that's awesome consistency yeah, yeah the the university was really nice uh while, while we're there are they are you still trying to work with them and do it there are you looking at somewhere else you, you mentioned it you know we're sure i'm not sure because the venue like um unfortunately the venue has had like uh, their their operations there has been uh like a, a sore uh, point for us but i'm hoping that um they just started a, a hci program and um, so I'm hoping that maybe we can work with them and getting like a different venue and, and maybe partner up with their program um, to to promote it. So we'll see. Welcome back. Yeah, I don't know if it actually killed the stream or not, though. Frederick, can you are you going to check? Make sure that we're still like, oh, wait, uh oh. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you no, no, the, the stream's is it still. No, live? I can tell the stream. No, no, no! I hear oh, did you. I drop again? Can you hear? Oh no! This is great. Just don't he, move. He, Just stay he, there. He needs to do like he should. He needs to put like the AOL uh, uh, connection sound when he when he clicks off and clicks back on. Uh, so uh, whether he's going to come back or not, uh, keep keep. I want to keep going with this. Uh, so, what are some takeaways you've actually gotten from actually? You know, from running this conference and some things that you've, you know, discovered. You know, it's been four oh, years. You said, yeah, yeah, four years, not four years. Oh, I'm gone again. <laughs> Frederick, just go away. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
Can't you kick, can't you kick him out? Can you I kick mean, him out? Yeah, that'd be funny. I, I think it might uh, kill it if I kick him out. Uh, I, can, I can mute him. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I'll hit he, you. He muted himself. Okay. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So yeah, like like takeaways as far as uh, yeah, people you've uh, you've helped. Uh, have you noticed people coming back? And uh, you know, what feedback have you gotten? Uh, you know, changes in business in the area. Uh, yeah, so um, I think I think uh, a lot of our tech our tech industry, especially in UX and Dev, has grown tremendously in the next last four years in, in South Florida, uh, Miami specifically. There's a lot of startups. It's a big startup kind of craze going on. Um, and I think the takeaway we've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, from our our uh, past conferences and how it's impacted their careers and uh, you know and but most importantly, I think like last year we strayed away a little bit from who we were or who we are, and um, and and it was start great. drinking cider instead of beer. <laughs> well, it was great that the feedback we got was was awesome, and you know we're we're looking at it like an iteration cycle. You know, so we know what we did wrong, we know what we did right, and uh, we know what we need to improve on, and we're looking forward to to this year. So, um, yeah. Yeah, one thing I mentioned before the show started, I want to bring it up here, and I, I did tweet. I tweeted about this recently too, which is funny about how conferences are full of big names, you know, Netflix, Google, Amazon, you name it, and not yeah. as much uh, of the local businesses, the the small startups, the agencies, where there's you know five people and they can't maybe implement this massive uh, you know system and, and processes in place. And getting those type of people in the conferences, I think, would benefit. I think you need a mixture, but I'd love I'd love to see that at a conference. Yeah, I agree. Great idea. Absolutely. Are you well, back, yeah. Frederick? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all back. I'm all set. Hey, well, what size are you looking to grow the conference, Ignacio? Are you looking to stay the same as you were before? Or are you looking to increase the uh, size of the attendees? You know, if you would have asked me uh, the first year, I would have said I want like a thousand, two thousand member conference. Um, and really, yeah, like you know, what? we were like super ambitious. Maybe that was the beer talk. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. the beer. <laughs> the Guinness. The Guinness. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think that there's a, a balance and ratio between. Um, oh, I think we lost them. <laughs> Again, did you really lose me? Uh, I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Kill your video. Kill your video. Don't just worry about it. Just, just don't on. move. Just stay still. Yeah, <laughs> he is. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Sorry, so, man. No, it's all right. So I, I think like uh, the good number. I think the sweet spot is where we're at right now. If not, maybe a little less, and uh, where we can control that that ratio. You know, um, and. Uh, like attendee and content ratio, I think where, you know, I don't, I'm, I definitely want to apply that real world experience and have, um, because I think one thing that everyone takes away from our event is that um, the intimate experience, like the able, the ability to um, have those deep conversations about trade, about UX, about the challenges that everyone's facing, create amazing relationships and networks um, that, you know, I still, you know, you know, friends with and network professionals that I've met the first year and we still keep in touch. And it's that it, like it, 
it's, it's not just like an event where, where you just come and go and, and you don't really talk to anyone or, or, you know, it has like that cold factor. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but we really try to provide that, that, I guess, personable aspect to it. And everyone that comes there, you know, I think takes that away. They can take that with them. Like it's, it's definitely, I think that's part of what sets us apart from the rest. I love that. I remember you telling us that you knew every attendee that came to the conference and you were able to still keep in touch with them, everybody reach out to them. You had uh, somebody that came to you at one point that, oh, hey, you remember that I liked your shirts and blah, 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 and you knew their name and you had that solid connection. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I met uh, Sarah Veslov there We when we interviewed her and we've become friends since then. It's, oh my God, is that yeah. where we met her? Yeah, it's where we met her, you remember? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right, she's, yeah. yeah. She's awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, I mean, that that right there, you know, things like that, just meet, being able to meet someone and then develop a relationship that, you know, we become friends and you'd be able to talk back and forth. Like, uh, she helped me when I was uh, doing interviews. I've, I've uh, been reviewing her stuff when she was doing an interview. So, like, that, that you know, that sort of relationship doesn't develop, you know, at, in, you know, something like a, a, a video call or something. You have to be in person, basically. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it's not about just uh, your social presence. It's about making an actual human connection, a yes. handshake and a hug. That go that goes a long way. But hey, Brian, we're getting close to the end. Do you want to do your your spotlight, or should we keep going? What? <laughs> oh no, really? Did I drop out again? No, just kidding. Oh, uh, you got me. I was saying we're getting close to the end. Do you, should we go ahead and jump into your spotlight, or do you um, keep? I Let's do a, a little lightning lightning round if you can stay connected. Uh, I, I love the lightning we'll see. round. In, in honor, honor of Janelle. That. In honor of yeah. Janelle, we will so, do So, Ignacio, what we do, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions that we might or might not have the chance to ask you during the interview, and we're just going to ask you them really quick. So just quick quick answers back and forth with Brian and I. So sure. I'll go ahead and I'll start first. Favorite cartoon as a kid? Uh, Pluto. Oh, nice. Uh, what's the last thing you ate? Tacos. <laughs> last song you listened to? Last song? Uh, I would say Frank Sinatra. What's the last thing you purchased, most recent thing you purchased? Hmm. Vodka. <laughs> what brand of vodka? <laughs> yeah. it I'm a Belvedere man, so what's yours? What's that? Oh, I was saying, asking you what brand of vodka? Oh, um, I like them all. I like uh, Grey Goose. Um, you know, liking them uh, all. Absolutely. That's the right answer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Just bring them. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Meat. <laughs> just meat. Steak. <laughs> Very Steak. wrong, Swanson of you. Ignacio, actually, you're... you know, actually, um, fun fact. Just fun fact. Uh, I'm a huge meat. Uh, I guess. Advocate, not advocate, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm not advocate. Sorry, that's wrong. No, like I have like this, like I love grilling and barbecuing. So I started this Instagram profile called uh, the King of Meats, and you know, it, there's nothing great than just having a delicious, well cooked steak. You know, and and I just go through my experience. And I'm, I'm I hit up like every not every restaurant, but I get tips about 
mom and pop restaurants that have like great steaks. So I'll, I'll go and check them out to like, you know, other restaurants, higher end restaurants, or you'll find me like grilling and cooking. Like yeah, I think we had like a 30 pound of meat party, you know, and that, it was just awesome. But, that's awesome. Yeah. What, what's that <laughs> handle again? What's the Instagram handle? Uh, the King of Meats. The King, King of Meats. Right. Yeah, the King of Meats. Yeah. The cool. King of Meats. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes. Ignacio, <laughs> you come home. It's 1.30 in the morning. You open the front door. There's a ghost. What do you do? Close the door. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> How are you going to get in your house? Okay, when do you go back in the house? Well, I'm inside the house, he said. So I no, go no, 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 no. You, you walk home. You open oh, the front door home. from outside. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't walk home, so it's, it's invalid. <laughs> you get out of your car, you walk to your home, you open your front door. And I see a ghost? Yeah. I uh, just walk through, you know. Wow. What are you going to do? You know, like. <laughs> just, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I got meat to eat and vodka to drink. I picture you like then going to the fridge, opening it up, getting two beers out, <laughs> popping one on off, handing it to the goat. If I'm Yo, coming Casper, home, you want one? If I'm coming home at 1.30 in the morning, that means I've had a long day at work or a project. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, just all right, whatever, man. Just do what you gotta do. And... <laughs> yeah, boo to you too, buddy. <laughs> get out of here. Tell him to scram. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, Ignacio, well, we're, we're – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. You got I'm another one? I'm about to do it. You're about to do all right, it. All right. We're, we're getting close to the end of the show, so we got two last things to ask you. Uh, the first thing is what's the best way people could contact you as far as a uh, address? Where do they go? What's your website, Twitter handle? Where do you want them to go to find out more about you? Uh, my Twitter handle is Ignacio GH, at Ignacio GH, and uh, you can check me out on, online at bminteractivegroup.com. Nice. Excellent. And uh, the very last question is if you have any kind of final words of wisdom, any kind of statement that you'd like to provide the audience before we uh, bid you farewell. Make sure it's deep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Talking about putting me on the spot. Uh, Final words of wisdom, I guess. uh, Don't stop trying. Don't be afraid to fail. You know, put yourself out there. Yeah, well said. said. That's really great. Well, Brian, you you got anything else? No, just thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah, I really appreciate you joining us, brother. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Take care. All right. See everyone. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us a review. Kick a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I I like romance novels. They have happy endings.
I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about? 